The veil has been lifted from rock and roll. The mystery has been solved, and the thrill is gone. Everyone has revealed not only their hand, but every innermost thought through the advent of social media. If one was to get into rock and roll today, it would be because they love it for the music alone. There really isn't anything extra luring them to the fold anymore. Back in the 70s and 80s, it was easy to get into rock and roll because it was more than just the music. Alice Cooper would hang himself and wrap a boa constrictor around his neck. George Clinton would fly into the gig on the P-Funk mothership as Dr. Funkenstein. And Gene Simmons would spit blood and breathe fire as the demon in Kiss. Rock and roll goes hand in hand with performance. And that wasn't fully understood until it was stripped out of rock in the 90s in an effort to keep things real. What it did do was make things extremely boring. It's why I eventually reverted back to performance-based rock and got into the garage punk scene, the only music scene where I saw performance go hand-in-hand with music, a la The Mance, Manor Astroman, The Makers, The New Bomb Turks, The Demolition Doll Rods, Turbo Negro, Nashville Pussy, and The Leather Uppers. But big, bombastic rock funneled through pomp and ceremony has long been abandoned and only rears its head occasionally in the form of Ghost, Guar, Slipknot, and Twin Temple. But there is one man, one god, who has never stopped. Okay, maybe for a period of 10 years, back in the late 80s to mid-90s, but one man, one god, who has never stopped making rock music for close to 40 years, serving it to us on a silver platter in the most over-the-top, thunderous way possible that can, that only he can, and that man is Thor. John Michael Thor, known to the world as Thor the Rock Warrior, is a divine rock and roll singer sent to us by the Celestials to save rock and roll music. Thor has been releasing music since 1973. 31 albums and counting, not to mention the DVDs, rock operas, horror movies, and his own line of Thor the Rock Warrior comics, and of course, the 2015 documentary that kind of relaunched his career called I Am Thor. To say he is unstoppable is on brand, but when you consider his output and staying power, it also seems to come off as an understatement. I first became aware of Thor when I would watch a local video show called Toronto Rocks that would air every day after school at 4 p.m. On Wednesday, they would have what they called Midweek Metal Mania, and that would be an hour where I'd get my metallic fill of videos, including Keep the Dogs Away by Thor. It was one of the first hard rock heavy metal videos I ever saw, even though the song was already maybe seven or eight years old by that time. I also remember seeing his Knock'em Down video, too. I think a lot of people over the years have dismissed Thor as a novelty act and casually cast him aside, but his history, his legacy, his accomplishments cannot be denied. They should, in fact, be celebrated. And as a, cel- uh, as a fellow Canadian, we in Canada have to start paying overdue respect and reverence to John Michael Thor. As a bodybuilder in the 70s, he won both the Mr. Canada and Mr. USA titles. Lured away from bodybuilding by music, Thor's career became wide and deep, 
from playing the Merv Griffin show to being managed by Doug Smith, Motorhead's manager, to being in the thick of the New York glitter, punk, and disco scenes, playing places like Max's Kansas City and the legendary Mud Club, and melding all these elements into his own brand of hard rock, which he's still doing to this day. Even though full metal superstardom may have eluded him, his tenacity and drive is something to be admired and from which to take inspiration. If there was one album to show how much Thor is revered by the rock and roll world, it was 2015's Metal Avenger album that saw people like Fast Eddie Clark, Henry Rollins, J.J. French, Cheetah Chrome, Richie Stotts, and Betsy Weiss pay their respects and make guest spot appearances. He's collaborated with DOA. He's collaborated with UC Letasalo and Circle. He's collaborated with Bruce Duff. And even though COVID-19 took a bite out of his touring plans for his newest album, released just this past February 28 called Rising, he's back in the studio giving the middle finger to COVID and pushing onward, working on a new record as I record this. We played with Thor back in 2005 in Chicago when our paths crisscrossed while out on the road. It was great to finally meet him. He was kind and cordial. He was starting a tour and we were ending ours. Since that meeting, I've always been in his corner when his name and band were brought up. Talking to Damien Abraham of Fucked Up and his Turned Out a Punk podcast, he mentioned that these days, since everyone is in lockdown, it's quite easy to get people on the phone to chat. So instead of shooting for guests around me, I thought I'd shoot for the heavens. And by Odin's beard, I am thrilled to have Thor guest on this episode of the podcast. Please leave a rating or review on iTunes and Spotify. If you don't have access to either platform, I upload to SoundCloud as well. You can listen and subscribe for free. I ask for nothing to do this podcast except for your time. I've been doing it for nine years now, and I am glad you are listening. If this is your first time, please dig through the archives. I stand by every episode I've done. Okay, mortals, the one and only God of Thunder, Thor, is on the podcast. Praise Valhalla as we welcome Thor. And it starts now. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around Nick Flanagan is Tango's co-host Hello for free, I'm so glad I like to sometimes Jimmy in from Fucked Up Stop playing Hangs Out Hey, it's the Tango Jones podcast You can check us out On iTunes and SoundCloud right now Right now Cause it's the Tango Jones gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready, because the Danko Jones Podcast starts now! Hello? Uh, yes, Danko. Thor! How are you? Great, great to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. It's been a while. You're faring well in this uh, strange times, uh, very strange times, and I hope you're very healthy and strong and, ha- and happy. 
doing okay. I mean, uh, doing as good as I think, uh, just keeping my head above water as I think we all are. Um, yes. I hope you're doing well too. Yes. Uh, you know, other than, uh, I started out with a big bang, you know, new album, uh, really great tour packing the, the houses. And in March, uh, everything came down as far as touring. We had to, uh, cut the tour, uh, short well we had to <laughs> not short but it's cut off the tour and uh then we can cancel the uh the the midwest part of the tour in the summer and uh, yeah. now the uh, end of the uh year is canceled but you know what you have to adapt or die you know and uh, that's what we're doing so uh uh you know we were working on a new album and promoting it uh it was called rising on cleopatra yep. records uh, it was doing real well and Hey, now we're working on a new album. Wow. So you just got to plan, you know, we're planning for a release for 2021. So that's what I wanted to ask you about because uh, the album came out February 28, Rising. And uh, yes. I, I noticed that, yeah, you were going on tour. And uh, I think just like all of us, all our years are canceled. Um, but uh, knowing you... I knew that you would just get on with it. Um, you you have um, uh, a tenacious, hell bent way of doing things that I think has the reason why that's kept you in the game for so long. Um, so I'm not surprised you're working on a new album. I didn't know that, but what I did notice was the um, amount of videos from Rising on the internet. Yes, yeah, there is. There's quite a few uh, videos these days uh, to promote a single. You've got to have a video uh, with it, and I love your videos. You know, oh, I mean, thanks, your man. videos are, are are tremendous, and uh, and uh, you're that that same type of guy that that you know smashes down the walls, and and uh, you know you put you put out one album after another, you know. It's, yeah. It's just and and touring and touring, you know, and I remember, hey. Was I was back in 2005? I was promoting the uh, Thor Against the World album. I remember. And I think, I think you were out there. We we played together in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, was was the album you, you were promoting? Uh, it, it was it uh, Lover Call or or um, uh, was it uh, uh, Sleep Is the Enemy? It, uh, yes. Maybe it was Sleep Is the Enemy because it was 2005, I think. Yeah. But, we actually it was uh, We Sweat Blood, and we were kind of in between. Uh, albums and We Sweat Blood had come out in America, so we were doing a, a promotional yes. tour for that. And I remember that night because you, we had a talk, and we were ending our little run that we were on in the Midwest, and you were just starting a, a massive American tour either that night or the night before. Yes, absolutely, and uh, and and it just <laughs> I think I got pneumonia at the end of that tour. Uh, because I, it was so, it, we were doing so many cities one after another. I was yeah. going in, in the, in air conditioning, uh, and out of air conditioning, into the humidity and, uh, uh, ridiculous type of, uh, uh, of touring, uh, you know, playing in, uh, in, uh, Toronto, then flying to Texas and then, and then, uh, flying over to California, just, just zigzagging all over the place. Those kind of tours are a little tough, you know, when you're doing them daily, but, uh, but it was great. It was just great to meet you, and uh, you're a true war road warrior. 
uh, and, and, and fellow Viking. Oh, thank you. Yes, that was, I mean, I, I, it was a thrill to meet you because, I mean, of course, I got into you uh, from watching you on TV in Canada. You were on almost every other day or at least once a week on, on Much Music or Toronto Rocks or what have you. So to get to play with you back in 2005, I was like, wow, this is heavy. Um, yeah, and, that was great. You know, uh, you know who uh, always presented us on Much Music was uh, J.D. Roberts, who is right. now John Roberts, yeah. the uh, White House correspondent. Yeah, so he went far. And uh, But your sound, your sound, um, years ago when I lived in England, uh, we did a, a big festival with Motorhead. And one of my favorite uh, guys, one of my favorite rock stars, Phil Linet from Thin Lizzy. And you remind me so much, you have that that uh, element of him and his band and your sound your sound is like that. I just love it. Oh, like, thank you. Know, you. Do you want to rock? Do you want to rock? Is uh, so you're bringing the fan out in me here. You know. So <laughs> thank you. I guess it's it's mutual. <laughs> I mean, it was such a thrill to to, to play with you that night, and uh, I got the uh, that night I bought the uh, anthor anthology. Um, your DVD. Yeah. Anthology, yeah. yeah. And uh, I watched it when I got home and uh, caught up with whatever you were uh, had, had you you were up to and everything. And then since then, I've always kind of just kept abreast as to what you were doing. But you always seem to put out. You're very prolific with your releases, and and uh, you just don't stop. It's impressive. It is what you know. It's Thor. That's what Thor does. Uh, from from uh, Asgard to Earth. There you go, you know, and, uh, you know, it can be tough here on Midgard, but, uh, you know, with so many things uh, going on and uh, so many, uh, uh, as we say, you know, walls to break down. But uh, and it's just, you know, let's face it, the type of a, the, the life of a, of a, you know, the road is tough. The road can kill you, you know, and uh, you got to like the road. Uh, you got to like, uh, I love recording. I just like, love going in the studio. And uh, luckily enough that I, you know, signed, with Cleopatra Records mm -hmm. uh, a while back, and and they put out a, a ton of albums of my 31 albums, uh, studio albums. Uh, I think they've uh, recently and re-released uh, like only the Strong Unchained and and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, you know, we I've, they put out about you know 20 products themselves. You know, and uh, we put out, we we were we've done six brand new albums with them. So this one will be the seventh. That's so impressive. I mean, uh, that, uh, it's very inspiring. Um, what Leading up to this conversation, just going back into your albums, I noticed that 2017's Metal Avenger was a different Thor album for you in that you had a lot of special guests, and not just any guests. I mean, it was... <laughs> I mean, it's Fast Eddie Clark, Henry Rollins, Joey Shithead, Cheetah Chrome. Yeah. Yes. One yes. by one, how did you... Uh, how did you get? I know I, I can under I could probably figure out how Fast Eddie Clark made it on the album, but how did you get people like um, Henry Rollins, for example? Well, uh, Henry's well, they got, that's a two, 2015 album. Uh, oh, and, 2015. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, we just been hitting you know knocking those albums out so fast. You don't know what year <laughs> from the other. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> you know, but but Henry Rollins is just a. Uh, an amazing guy as you know he he was always 
yeah, we have this uh, uh, muscle world clique going on here. You know, so um, he, he was a very muscular guy when he was in Black Flag, and uh, mm-hmm. and he still is. He's still in tremendous shape. Right. And uh, but he always, you know, was a friend of mine for quite a while. Uh, you know, I met him in Seattle when he, when it was just him on the stage uh, doing spoken word. Right. Uh, and, and the crowd loved it. A right. Packed audience. This goes back to like 2000 and uh, oh man, must be a 2002. And uh, uh, he and I became very good friends. Uh, he had a whole collection of Thor albums. I saw really? uh, for him. Yeah, at the theater backstage. And uh, like he would do stuff. Like I would. I had an album that was very obscure that I put on my own label, Star USA Records, back in about 1997. And he would play uh, some really obscure stuff on his radio show from that, like Galaxina, that I always thought were were great songs. But you know, such was uh, such a small label, and they were so obscure, no one would play them on the radio. But uh, uh, he would play his stuff. He would pick stuff out, and you know, and and uh, people got into the the songs that he would pick. But uh, yeah, he was. Uh, oh man, I, I there's so many great people that I love. On, on that album, and I, I, I was so, uh, you know, blessed that they would play on my album, uh, Metal Avenger, like Henry Rollins and Richie Stotts from the Plasmatics, you know, so we had a great combination of, of punk and metal, mm-hmm. uh, and then, of course, you know, uh, uh, Fast Eddie Clark, yeah. like, when I lived in England, they were uh, great friends of mine, like Lemmy was a great friend of mine, you know, Filthy Phil and... Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, now they're all gone. And that was one of the last, rec- in fact, I think it was the last recording uh, Fast Eddie Clark uh, ever did. Wow. You know, that, that, and I'm, I, I'm, you know, I had a dentist, uh, you know, pull a tooth out uh, recently, you know, because I bend steel bars in my teeth. And, and then I heard that he passed away after, and so it was the last tooth that he ever pulled out. So, you know, um, I was very lucky he was there to pull that, that painful tooth out. But, and then just, you know, these things are something special. You know, I mean, this was the last, this guy had an incredible life, uh, and just as Lemmy did, you know, and, and the fact that I, I met those guys and talked to them and, 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 and I really thought a lot of them and the fact that fast, Eddie Clark, you know, and that was one of his, they say it's the last recording that he ever did. I mean, and he did it on that album. So mm-hmm. um, to me, those kind of things kind of blow me away when I think about it. Right, right. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's, uh, I, I just couldn't help but notice that album is just chock full of like heavy guests. Well, but, you know, we have a festival that I'm involved with uh, in Sweden um, that takes the name of my genre uh, it's called muscle rock and it's in sweden every year uh this year they had to do a digital version uh because of the the situation with the covid but uh you know we started in 2009 and uh boy it'd be amazing to have you there well those are the guys from bullet right uh no well bullet uh yeah bullet have uh they're not like you know they're the band bullet but it's uh, Jacob Hector, who I, uh, you know, have a, uh, an agreement with that they could use the Muscle Rock name. Right, right. Jacob Hector. Yeah. Uh, he gave me an award. 
an award uh, last time I was there. We played there in, in, in 2018, uh, and they gave me an award, uh, you know, for uh, you know, and 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 uh, which I am honored because they mentioned on stage that uh, you know I allowed them to use the name Muscle Rock and 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 now now they're they're making a ton of money, you know, so uh, so it's great. They got restaurants and. And, and uh, you know, they have their own beer. <laughs> They're doing really good out there in Sweden, I tell you. Yeah, it's doing really well. I'm, I'm fully aware of the uh, festival. Um, and they do pick uh, some, they curate it really well. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. Um, but uh, you, you, I think you've played the Sweden Rock Festival, though, right, haven't you? Yeah, we've like played. You've played some of the real big, big stuff, you know, all through that uh, Scandinavian area. Yeah, we've played uh, in uh, yeah Finland, Norway. Uh, we've played in Sweden many times. Uh, yeah, we're very well acquainted with uh, Scandinavia. But uh, you should be the the king, the god of of the Scandinavian rock scene. You are Thor, um, and have you has being Thor has that opened doors for you in Scandinavia? Well, you know, if, uh, if you do a concert in Scandinavia um, uh, and you look out into the audience, and there's thousands of fa- fans out there. A lot of them have the name Thor. So there's a lot of Thors out there. But right. that, <laughs> that being said, um, yes, it absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't have had this muscle rock relationship. And we played the very first inaugural muscle rock uh, in 2009 uh, uh, in Alvesta, Sweden or Tyroland. Uh, and have come back uh, four times. I mean, I could, I could come back there, and uh, Jacob said I, I could, um, uh, you know, make, make it their home, make it my home. You know, I could come back every year, uh, <clears throat> whether I just want to introduce the bands or, or I could work the fields. You know, they need hops. You know, for the beer, what, <laughs> um, <laughs> or just you know, they do that. You know, they have a farm and they just work work on the farm, uh, but. But I, I could, uh, yeah, I could just hang out there all the time or live in Sweden. I love Sweden, the people of Sweden. Uh, it, has it opened doors? Absolutely. It's opened doors. I played Finland. That's how I met up with Yusi, you know, Finland. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, how did that relationship even happen between you and Yusi? Uh, yeah, well, we, we signed a, uh, an agreement to uh, his label, uh, um, Ektro Records. And, uh, you know, we played, of course, uh, out there in in uh, Sweden. But that's how it, it happened. I mean, we, we went out there in 2009 and, and uh, you know, met up with, uh, met him and his beautiful family. Um, it was great. Loved it, you know, and, and uh, he said he would release the records. And, you- uh, so he released Unchained and Only the Strong, re-release, yeah. Uh, for Europe only. It was, yeah, mainly for Europe only, uh, uh, and it was, you know, a licensing deal, so it lasted like five years. Right. You know Bruce Duff? Bruce Duff is also in, uh, in the, on the team. Uh, I think he's done some work with, uh, with uh, UC. I do know Bruce, um, and I've met Bruce in, um, in L.A. when we, we took one of his bands that he manages out on tour with us, Prima Donna. So yeah, I know Bruce. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a, and, uh, 
we're only a degree away from each other, Thor. I know that we're we're in this realm. <laughs> you know, it's like a, a matrix. You know, and uh, I think you and I are are uh, connected in in many many ways. I see. I see a lot of yeah, very similarities and parallels to what you do and what I do. I can see it. Absolutely, and I think it goes way back uh, into ancient times as well. I think there's a connection that we have that goes centuries and centuries back. Past lives. I, I feel it. I, feel, I mean, just just talking to you right now, I feel like, hey, you know, you and I talk all the time. I just how I feel. I feel like you and I are on the, you know, talk daily. Very comfortable talking to you, and, and uh, it just feels good. Well, you are my pal. You know, well, I mean, as soon as we met there in 2000. Uh, Five in Chicago, you know, you became a lifelong friend, whether you like it or not. Oh, uh, thank I you. <laughs> I've, I'm glad you feel that way because I'd love to feel that way about you as well. And uh, hey, do you know Aldo Nova? He was uh, another Canadian uh, from well, from Montreal, of course. And um, yeah, I, I always liked Aldo. I kind of lost touch with him uh, uh, years ago, but he sang on on uh, Wild in the Streets, our one of our albums, and on. We live to rock. Wow, I don't know him, but yeah, I, I I love Aldenova. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many uh, talented, incredible artists in Canada, uh, like yourself, and uh, out here in Vancouver too. Uh, you know, as well as uh, I mean, you know, there's there's been uh, you know the the Lover Boys, the the BTOs, uh, the DOAs. Know, and, uh, the DOAs. The DOAs, yeah. You've got a yeah, connection with that. Absolutely. Joey Shithead on your uh, Metal Avenger yeah. album. Actually, he doesn't live too far from me. I can get to his house uh, probably in about uh, 10 minutes, you know, from in Vancouver. <laughs> I'll show, I'll, I'm going to go over there right now. I'll say, hey, let's <laughs> talking to Danko Jones. You know. Hey, John, what you doing showing up without a, calling me first? But, uh, you know, he's, he's on the city council in burnaby right now mm -hmm. i follow i follow him on instagram and i've seen him running for for office yes yeah he uh yeah so so he got that he got he got on the city council there and uh, i'm very impressed you know with his career oh yeah yeah and you doa and and thor have put releases out together am i right about that i don't have it I, i'm sure. just yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, we did a, um, a double release together. It was on uh, the old uh, um, Scratch Records. Oh, uh, I remember was, Scratch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, I think it was like 2001, something like that, 2002. Right. And uh, we actually uh, it, uh, built it up into this uh, um, uh, big event. We released the record, which was called Are You Ready?, and uh, the Vancouver Canucks were playing uh, the song "Are You Ready?" at times at the uh, the uh, stadium. There it was called GM Place, now Rogers Arena. And then, um, but then we decided we're going to do be involved with this World Kickbox uh, uh, Championship, and, and so it was going to be uh, um, Thor versus uh, DOA, uh, and we're going to have a battle. <laughs> In the ring, so we played in the ring at Pacific Coliseum. Okay, uh, it was uh, quite a big crowd, and uh, you know, and so we, we hyped it up. You know, we were like, uh, we put the boxing gloves on, went on the news, and uh, yeah, you know, we were hitting each other. And 
yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with Joe, and he's a great friend, great guy. So in 2015, the documentary I Am Thor came out, and I think I think it's easy to see that it, it gave you a, a, a new spark of life for, for the, the band. I, I got to assume that, because it was successful. Yes, it was very successful, and uh, we won quite a few awards around the world. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm quite pleased with it. Uh, there's certain things in there that I really didn't want in there, but then, you know, I, I let the directors be the fly on the wall, you know, and whatever I did, they, when they would follow me around and just, I said, you know, whatever, you know, I, I, I didn't want to kind of interfere with what was going on for reality, right? They, they were there and they were filming the bad parts, the good parts, you know, uh, as you know, that's the way life is. It's not always good. You know, uh, it's not always bad. There are bad parts and there are great, good parts and there are great parts. You know, you always have to be positive. But, and anyhow, uh, they filmed the movie. Right. But what I'm interested in is because I've seen I Am Thor a couple of times already, but you are making or have made a follow up documentary to that called Return of the Thunderhawk. Is that is that out? Yes. Oh yeah, it was uh, it, it was out, and it's part of a double disc uh, with the Hammer of Justice. And oh. very interestingly, uh, we we toured, uh, we played. In fact, in Toronto, we showed it, uh, and I made a guest appearance at the Royal uh, Cinema. I was at a Royal Cinema there in uh, yep, Toronto, yep. and in uh, uh, we went all over with it. Uh, we were touring, and and many times at the concerts, we would open up with the movie. Uh, Return of the Thunderhawk or a double feature. It would be uh, whether it's Rock and Roll Nightmare and Return of the Thunderhawk or I Am Thor and Return of the Thunderhawk, uh, like we did in Denver. Uh, uh, you know, it was it, it was a great combination and uh, it was a great promotional tool. And and so the documentary, I guess, without giving too much away, um, is about. Is it a? It's not about your life. It's it's about your life after I am I am Thor came out. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, it it it's basically what happened after I am Thor. Aha. Like, okay. What happened? Uh, you know, because I say, oh, I you know I want to retire, and you know I I was thinking of retiring uh, at the end of the movie. Right. Which I really was. So I was thinking, uh, you know, I've done plenty, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of stuff, and it was time to move on. To some other things in my life that I wanted to do, but but it, it actually got more intense after that. And I ended up uh, meeting up with uh, some young, new young guns, young guys in their twenties and thirties, and uh, here I am, this guy in my in, in his sixties, and they're saying, "Come on, let's rock," you know, and <laughs> you know, it's like uh, they said, "I like your song." Do you want to rock? <laughs> and I, and I, I, yeah, I said, yeah, uh, you know, I, I've got a song called We Live to Rock. And I said, well, I guess I live to rock. And and uh, we went around the world pretty much. Well, you know, not Australia and places like that. But, you know, we went to Europe and uh, toured uh, another big tour uh, a couple of times or three different times through the United States. And it's all being filmed. It's more, more of a, a live um tour uh movie however uh, um there's there's some i think pretty cool things that happen 
in there, you know, behind the scenes as well. So that never came out. You can't get that on its own. It, it comes with an album. It comes with an album. Uh, Aha. Uh, yes, Hammer of Justice. Hammer of Justice. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow, that is so cool. Now, there's another thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of you know video and 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 movies. There's Thor: The Rock Opera. What is that about? Because yes. you can't get that. You can't. It's out of stock, right? It currently is. However. Um, the label is well, uh, Cleopatra Records. Are, or they also have an arm called Cleopatra Entertainment, which they are doing quite a f- few movies okay. uh, and, and uh, documentaries they, that they release. Uh, yeah, so uh, the rock opera uh, is, is something kind of, you know, the, uh, something I enjoyed doing. It was just, uh, 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 it was uh, from the love of, making movies i think you know because it was john fasano john fasano was a tremendous friend of mine and partner we both worked on uh, a zombie nightmare right uh rock rock and roll nightmare which is uh, still a big cult classic and, and uh, as well as other movies that were on television uh murder at the presidio and right, family right. lost uh, and you're in yeah. that you're in that too like singing yeah. a, a thor song well, we have on, uh, yeah, we have the title, you know, we did a video, of course, and the title track, you know, like the movie FUBAR, you know, um, that, that one, uh, it was mainly, I just did the title track and everything, and, and we had a video for it, uh, as well as the new pornographers also had a video for it, and they're on the disc, on the mm-hmm. DVD, but I was in the Murder with Presidio with Lou Diamond Phillips, yeah. uh, a, a small part, and I did the title track, and in uh, A Family Lost, I... Uh, uh, I starred in that movie, or co-starred in that movie. I think it's one of my best, I play a villain, but it's, it's one of my best roles I've ever done, I think. I was just looking at it the other day. But you'd have to, uh, you know, judge it for yourself. But but going to uh, the rock opera, so John Fasano was, uh, as I said, my great uh, friend. Uh, his son, J.C. Fasano, wanted to do a movie uh, and uh, had a lot of grand ideas but they cost a lot of money and so we had a very low budget really uh and and uh, kind of i financed it myself really and and we we had uh, the movie uh, thor the rock opera which ended up being more of a um a short film <laughs> right. but yeah it, it was fun and uh you know maybe it's best that it's buried but uh, um or i guess uh I could try to stop Cleopatra Records from re-releasing it, but uh, it, it, I think in a combination with some other uh, works, like you maybe you know a multi-disc or uh, some extras on it, it could be a nice package. But that—that's what that movie is all about. It's a—it's uh, a fun movie. Um, there's some cool people in it, and uh, and I got to work with John Fasano. Uh, as we were executive producers, and J.C. Fasano, his son, it was great working with him. Is the new generation? Because John Fasano passed away uh, shortly after we made that movie, and and so that's why that movie's dear to my heart. You know. Oh, it's, I see. Uh, I see. I, yeah, he's an old old pal, and he passed away, and I still communicate with his sons. Uh, in fact, we got some projects we're talking about, and. and uh, 
uh, you know, I talk to his family and we meet up when I go to Los Angeles. And But, uh, in fact, his uh, son, one of his sons just got married. Is, well, he just proposed. I mean, he's, he's getting married. So, you know, I still keep in contact uh, with the, uh, his, his children, like Lucia Fasano, his daughter and that. So it was a labor of love. What can I say? I, I went on about uh, Thor the Rock Opera. Yeah, and it's um, look, <laughs> looking on your IMDb. There's also Pact of Vengeance that's in pre-production. Is that oh, yes. something you're involved in behind the scenes as well? Uh, I'll be writing a title track. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, Pact of Vengeance, which I'm working on right now, and uh, it's uh, Len Lebanski. Uh, Lebanski, uh, I tough name to pronounce, but <laughs> he's going to be the producer director. Uh, Killer Wolf Films, and we start filming, if all goes well, it all depends on COVID too, you know, so right. uh, yeah. we should be filming next summer, but Leo Fong, who uh, was a successor uh, to Bruce Lee, is, is going to be in the movie, and he's like something like 80 years old, and and so uh, us old guys will be in this movie uh, doing karate and, you know, jumping around, it's going to be great. Wow. Yeah. That sounds it's going to be awesome. a great movie. Yeah. Um, now, when I went on your website, I saw that you had uh, Thor comics. Now, that's nothing to do with Marvel, but you had your own Thor comics. They're all sold out. Uh, are you? Is that something that's attached to the band, or is that something different? And are you going to be re-releasing them or making new ones? Yeah, we have like. Uh, there's well, the original one was. Thor the Rock Warrior, uh, which was which came out in 1982, and uh, then there was a space, you know, where you know the uh, that album. Sorry, the, the it came out with the Unchained album, and we went on these comic book conventions and toured all over, uh, and had an understanding with Stan Lee and everything, uh, you know, so we, we, you know, that we're a separate entity. Uh, in fact, um, I do have that trademarked. Uh, it is trademarked, you know, the, uh, Thor, the rock warrior, it's copyright and trademark. Right. So, uh, we've already had meetings with lawyers and everything with Marvel over the comics. And it is understood that we can coincide with each other in this universe. Yeah, and cool. and so we, you know, the first one was drawn by the famous Ken Langraff, uh, the artist Ken Langraff, uh, who did Green Lantern. He's done the Hulk, and, uh, very very big with DC. The second one, uh, which came out later in two thousand one, mm-hmm. Thor: The Rock Warrior, which was like part two, uh, was done by Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman is an incredible surrealist artist. Uh, he, he's he's fantastic in the lines of Frazetta. Then, then uh, shortly after, there was Thor uh, versus the Beast Women from Mars. Or, or sorry, the, that was another that was another movie I was working on. Thor versus <laughs> the Beast Women. <laughs> Thor, I always like the movie Invaders from Mars, so I kind of incorporate that in a lot. But Thor versus the Beast Woman from the center of the Earth, actually. And we had a comic, a video. Uh, we were going to make a movie. We actually did a tour, and uh, 
yeah, no, it was it was great. You know, I always like the multimedia type uh, projects. And uh, yeah, we were planning to do some more comics. Uh, Cleopatra Records re-released the old, uh, the first one, first edition for wow. the Rock Warrior. Uh, I think they released re-released that in two, uh, 2016, and uh, it was a great package, just like the old days. It came out with Unchained, and, wow. and uh, they even uh, repressed the original Unchained with the, the different cover and everything. So th that's what Cleopatra is so great, you know, they're about, right? They, they, they do um, incredible packages. And, and now things are a little different because of COVID uh, with budgeting and all that, so they... Um, but they always have and always will do, I think, these amazing packages. They have great artists working for them, uh, uh, you know, conjuring up these amazing images. When I was watching the Anthology DVD, you mentioned, uh, and it was very quick, never a follow-up, and I've never seen it since, but I remember hearing you say that maybe one day, um, you might do spoken word with your entire career and and anthology was put out in the early 2000s so this is like 10 at least 10 years before I am Thor came out now with you you've got all this all this you know experience and and all these other uh, events that have happened to you do you still think about doing spoken word uh, yes I do I, I, you know, I, uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. I, I was very impressed, as I said, when I first met Henry Rollins, and he did spoken word. It was just him on stage, and a glass of water, you know, and 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 the crowd were enthralled, and they they packed them in, and I was so impressed by that. I thought one day I would. In a sense, I did spoke spoken. I did do spoken word. Uh, when I opened up, I did a, a tour. Uh, of North America to promote I Am Thor. And before the movie, I actually uh, would do a, a, a spoken word. And I, I felt good about it. I could tell stories. I like telling stories, you know, about things that have happened, you know. And, I, you know, as long as I remember them now, you know. I right. uh, Another thing I like to do is a book, which I'm working on. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, doing a book and also... Uh, yeah, the spoken word is always... Have you ever done spoken word? Have you done the spoken word? I have, yeah. Um, I did it in 2004. I did a tour for about a week in um, in Europe. And uh, then in 2012, I was invited to do spoken word at the Wacken Open Air Metal Festival. And I did that with Henry. I did two days and he did the third and fourth day. And, uh, Fantastic. yeah, that, but I did a lecture on kiss, so it was a different take All on right. spoken word. Cause I, when I originally did spoken word, I wasn't, uh, I was still feeling it out and I just, it wasn't really for me. I, I felt more comfortable in a kind of a lecture doing a lecture. And so I, that was my take or my twist on spoken word. Like people see Henry Rollins or Jello Biafra do it. So I, I did a twist on what they do. That that's neat. That's very uh, cool. You yeah, know? And, uh, it's very similar to uh, Joey Shithead or uh, Joe Keithley mm -hmm. uh, when he when he had his book uh, "I Am Shithead." Right, and right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I came to a few of his. He did it like a lecture, you know. He 
he had a, you know, he, he just stood there and the crowd was there. And you know, of course, after he would sign the books, but it was really well done. Part lecture, part, uh, spoken word. Uh, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, that's great. I could see you doing that though. That's the thing. So when I heard you mention that, I, I thought, oh, well, you know, um, it just makes sense that he would, you know, take a hand at it. And that was like in 2005. And here we are in 2020. And I haven't seen you do that, like the way it's billed as a spoken word event with Thor. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, with what's going to happen, uh, you know, it, you know, right now we're in the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen for bands, I don't, you know, for live performances, how long it's going to take. Uh, are we going to get a big spike in COVID again and they're going to close places down? I know a lot of people want to get going in uh, 2021, uh, but there's already events that have been canceled for, for uh, 2021. So I'm just trying to keep an eye on it and and right now concentrating on recordings and, and until I right. find out exactly what's going on. I, I just hope it doesn't keep on going to where uh you know five years pass and you know i'm in my 70s and then more time passes i'm in my 80s and i can't get back in the road again somehow i will oh you're thor <laughs> you always find a way right you're yeah. thor <laughs> i'll play in a bubble I mean, a real bubble you know i did want to ask you about nick turner oh yes Nick Turner is uh, Nick in... Turner, another great friend of mine. How are you friends with Nick Turner? He's in the movie I Am Thor, and it's just thrown out there. There is no connection made between you and Nick Turner, and then he's gone. So I wanted to ask you about your connection with Nick Turner. Well, Nick Turner goes back to my time when I lived in England. Uh, I was living in England in 1984, 85, part of 86. Also back in the jet set days uh you know when we were pretty popular and had some uh hit records uh, i was able to fly back and forth from manhattan where i had uh, a condominium there and uh a flat in uh in in england so in london wow. so we were uh, flying back and forth uh it was wonderful times wonderful times and and uh got to know so many of the uh the great uh great stars uh, over there in, in England. And uh, uh, one of the bands uh, I loved and was, was connected to, and I'll tell you how I was connected to, was Hawkwind. Um, I was connected to them because uh, Lemmy played for Hawkwind, mm -hmm. and uh, our manager was Doug Smith. Doug Smith was the manager for Hawkwind. So, uh, you know, the uh, Silver Machine, I love Silver Machine, uh, the Glitter Era, all that stuff, you know, and uh, so anyhow, when we went on uh, uh, a national tour of England, uh, uh, um, my manager, Doug Smith, said, hey, let's, let's, you know, I already had met him and we got along famously really, really well. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, let's contact Nick Turner to play Locot. He loves dressing up. And and uh, I don't know if you've, you've seen some of the images or there is a video out where he has an orange horn and he's dressed in green. And I take a big crypt and I throw the crypt on top of him and right. uh, you know battle him on stage. What a tremendous performer! Incredible uh, performer. He just uh, 
Uh, and then and then we're label mates, where he's also on Cleopatra Records now. Uh-huh. You know, and he's toured the U.S. numerous times. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so he was, uh, yeah. Just it was great that he was on an I Am Thor. But uh, I love Nick Turner. Nick Turner is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's one of those innovators, you know. You know, and, and, you know, the theatrical type shows that I love, like a Bowie type of guy, you know. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time and, and chatting with me about this. Uh, I know we all have time these days, but it's, it's great that you, we could talk and reconnect after all these years as well. Thank you very much. You're amazing. You're an absolutely amazing guy, you know, and I love Wildcat. Oh, Wildcat thank you. Wildcat is, is incredible. Thank you. You know, I got Keep the Dogs Away, and you got Wildcat. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, love it. Love yeah. it, man. And uh, I think you're uh, an amazing artist and, uh, and uh, a real treasure to Canada. And uh, keep up what you're doing. We'll get through this. As are you. And, yes, we will get through it. It's nice to know that you and I are both in the same boat during COVID, uh, but we will both get through it for sure. Absolutely. And thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Lord, I'm done hurting from the damage